0: Good evening everyone I'm Anne-Marie Cronin and welcome to our live weekly medical show on News Talk 760 WJR. We're going to be talking about the prevention of disease and the urgency of taking action before the onset of serious medical problems. Dr. Brian Collender MD, Internal Medicine Physician and Specialist in Prevention is here with us again to tell you what you need to know about how early screening and knowing your profile can lead to the avoidance of heart attack and stroke altogether. Pre-screening and simple non-invasive tests can actually prevent Alzheimer's and many other chronic diseases. If you have a question, we're opening up the lines and taking your calls, so please make a note of this number, 800-859-0957. Again, that's 800-859-0957. We'll be repeating it throughout the show, and this is your chance to talk directly to the doctor. So stay tuned and we'll be right back. You're listening to News Talk 760 WJR. Welcome back all of you listeners to our live weekly medical show here on News Talk 760 WJR. I'm Anne-Marie Cronin and we are back again tonight to talk to you about prevention and why you have to start looking at healthcare from a different perspective. Dr. Brian Collender, MD is joining us from Birmingham, Michigan to give us some hard talk about dealing with our health and making sure we get the necessary testing. We're inviting you to call in if you have a question at 800-859-0957. Again, that's 800-859-0957. Dr. Collender, welcome back. Happy New Year. We're always glad to have you here. We're still dealing with COVID. Two years later or three years later, we're dealing with a new variant. What's the update?
1: Well, Emory, there's a lot of updates and happy new year to you too. Um, it's a lot, everything's changed really. Uh, and all of it changed quickly while we were on break. So even though we had some recorded shows during this time slot, um, and others, COVID has completely changed with Omicron almost overnight. And so has my management practices and so has my opinion about, um, a lot of uh, preventative measures that are still being recommended by the FDA and CDC. Um, I think we have a lot to cover, but I think the most important thing to recognize right now is that COVID, um, the Omicron variant does not seem to have um, any uh, resistance, is totally resistant to all the vaccines. So, all my patients, regardless of the vaccine status, regardless of how many vaccines and boosters they've had, they're all getting—they're all getting Omicron. And, and what do they
0: do about it? That's the question. They get it. They come well, down. And they're sick. What do they do? What's the next? Well, we'll time? get
1: there. We'll get there. We're channeling things the same. You know, which is my patients call me early. They, um, you know, we—I'm not using hydroxychloroquine as much. Because it is a milder strain, people are getting less sick, and I feel that the hydroxychloroquine potential side effects, although I never really dealt with any, um, I feel like their risk is a little too high to warrant the use of during this mild strain. So I'm not. I'm mostly using um, ivermectin for patients who are getting omicron and and early on. So. Um, Number one is the recognition among my patients that vaccine status has no bearing on the type of uh, infection and severity.
2: So how does that, and not to to interrupt you, but how does that influence anyone's decision to get a booster if they haven't yet? Is that to say that perhaps the booster isn't really going to do anything with this variant? Uh, What should people be doing if they're in the middle, they haven't gotten the booster yet?
1: Oh, well, again, this is from my experience treating you know, hundreds of COVID patients by now. So my experience is that vaccine status, whether or not you've had a booster is meaningless. So my, you know, in general, why prescribe a drug that doesn't work? If you are prescribing a drug that doesn't work, all you're dealing with is side effects. So I think that's where we are with vaccines. We have ineffective vaccines and the idea that, well, it's not harmful, It you know, at it, it worst, it's, it's not harmful. I don't think you can say that. Um, so I'm no longer recommending any kind of vaccine for pretty much anybody.
0: I mean, before the, you know, before we went on break over the Christmas and New Year holiday, we were talking about whether people should or should not get boosters. But it looks like what's happening is Omicron is ra- rampant. It's it's. Uh, you're going to get it anyway, no matter what your vaccination status is. And
1: so, why what, get a booster? Right. Why, I mean, mandate, and exactly. why mandate a booster for a vaccine that isn't working? So, that's, we have a lot of lessons today. So, we should move on to the next lesson.
0: The next lesson is what do people do when they get sick? They wake up one day, they don't feel well, they've got a fever, they're throwing up, they're <laughs> sick, they have symptoms. Guess what? Well, they can't, no, I'm going to tell you, guess what? They can't get in to see their doctor. You cannot get in to see a live doctor unless you've got a really serious problem with your knee. Well, we already know that. (laughs) Yeah.
1: But what, again, we're still dealing in negatives. Um, What they should not do is get tested because the -the over-the-counter rapid testing doesn't work. So I've had a lot of patients be sick. Get a rapid test, it's negative. Get another rapid test, it's negative. Ten days later, they get a a PCR, it's positive. So now we've lost ten days of treatment opportunity waiting on false, negative, over-the-counter rapid testing. So I would stop doing testing. If you are sick, then we start treating COVID right away.
0: So what you're saying is the, the, the day that you come down with the symptoms that look to you as a medical doctor, this looks like COVID to me, you're immediately starting treatment protocol. Correct.
1: And as Siobhan mentioned on the break, it's just spreading everywhere. You know, I had 20 calls in each of the last two days of my patients getting COVID. So, you know, we were treating people by text pretty much all day all you know um and on the phone and on virtual visits and in the office we saw a few sick COVID people on wednesday um so it's everywhere we're all gonna get it and that won't be such a bad thing because Omicron gives you immunity to delta even though delta is pretty much gone but you'd be immune to delta anyway
2: interesting that's good to know I- i'm going to jump in because we do have a caller if we have time to take the call no, we've well, got no, to, we to no, we go to break. Okay. We'll take the call. Okay, we we'll we'll come back get on the other side. In
0: the meantime, we're taking a short break. And again, you are listening to our weekly live medical radio show where we keep you up to date on all medical solutions from dealing with COVID to avoiding catastrophic disease. We are here with Dr. Brian Collender, MD, talking about prevention. If you have a specific question and you would like to talk to the doctor directly about what you need to do to prevent or reverse disease, please call us at 800-859-0957. Again, that number is 800-859-0957. You're listening to News Talk 760 WJR. If you're just now joining us, I'd like to let you know that we're welcoming you to our special weekly medical radio show on News Talk 760 WJR. We are back again with Dr. Brian Colander, MD, internal medicine physician and specialist in prevention In Birmingham, Michigan. After 20 years in practice and watching patients die prematurely and unnecessarily, he's here tonight to give us some heart advice on what we need to do to avoid heart attack and stroke altogether. We're inviting listeners to call in with your questions at 800-859-0957. Again, that number is 800-859-0957. Siobhan, you have a caller?
2: Yeah, let's go to Dan and McComb, who we have on the line. Thanks for waiting over the break. Dan, what's your question?
3: Yeah, hi, th- hi, thanks for taking my questions. I have three of them, two related to COVID-19, one related to the flu. Should I still get a flu shot? Yes. Okay, uh, next two questions related to COVID-19. How many variants you think there will be related to COVID-19? This is about, I think, the fifth one or so.
1: Well, there's hundreds of variants that have no clinical relevance, so... I don't know that um, what's going to happen. Some people think that Omicron will be the end of COVID because everyone's going to get it and develop natural immunity. I don't know that that's the case. But I think we have to assume that we're going to continue to see random strains with random levels of virulence and activity.
4: For how long? For two years? Three I, oh, years? I don't,
1: who knows? I, I can't predict okay. the future. Let me oh, ask just... my third
4: question. Yeah. How catchy is this variant that's occurring right now compared to other very catchy viruses like chicken pox.
1: Well, this one, uh, let's just compare it to prior um, COVID strains. It's the most contagious. And thankfully, as we've said before, not the most severe. So it's very contagious. And I have a feeling this is gonna run through the country and burn out in a short time, like maybe four to six weeks. Let's hope you're right.
0: Absolutely, Dan, thank you for calling. Dr. Collender, that's a good, you know, that's a good analysis that you just gave this, uh, this caller is so you feel that where everybody's going to get it, just don't try to avoid it anymore. It doesn't matter. Masks don't matter. Nothing matters. Vaccines don't matter. Chances are you're probably going to get it anyway.
1: Well, I'm trying to avoid it because I don't want to, I'm busy. <laughs> like, well, we're all things, trying to avoid it. Right? I have things to do. I don't want to spend another week in bed, but getting it is not the end of the world and right. you recover and then you're immune. I, I don't think you can avoid it so i'm not going out looking for it but i uh i'm expecting to get it any day
0: but i think the, the caveat here is let's not let listeners think that their only solution if they can't get through to their doctor and i know that you cannot be seen by your doctor that's pretty much understood because they're all isolating themselves other than you but i mean most doctors most primary care physicians very hard to get in to see them the solution is not to run to the hospital. Well, let's kind of back up. You know, okay. kind of talk what we were talking about, which is number one, it's clear
1: to me now that vaccines are not effective at all. Number two, rapid testing doesn't work. If you get sick, you got to start treatment right away. And I'm going to review we've talked about taking high dose vitamin D3, zinc, vitamin C, 3000 milligrams, quercetin, which is a natural herbal anti inflammatory. And now I'm recommending sinus irrigation with um, either diluted peroxide or diluted providone iodine.
0: Is that something the patient can do themselves? Yes. Or they have to, oh, okay, you that's can good can buy
1: You can buy iodine, dilute it, like maybe just a few droppers in a cup of water. Um, no more than a teaspoon of peroxide in a cup of water. And then do some type of nasal irrigation will help kill the virus in your sinus passages. I think concentrated saline will also create an acidic environment in your sinuses to kill the virus. So that's important. And then of course, I'm using some combination of ivermectin and then hydroxychloroquine and a Z-Pak depending on the person.
0: Dr. Collar, we're going to have to move forward a little bit. Siobhan, you got a caller?
2: Yeah, we have some callers coming through. So let's start with uh, Roger in Madison, Wisconsin. Roger, thanks for calling in. What's your question?
4: um i have a question regarding heart disease and coronary artery calcification and i recently was diagnosed with that and had a score of like 1100 and i've got an appointment with a cardiologist but i was wondering what kind of treatments if any are there for coronary artery calcification
1: well first i'd be remiss to my wife if i didn't say go badgers even though i'm (laughs) from michigan (laughs) she's a badger so um you know the key is identifying all the drivers of disease causing your plaque and so treatment starts with you know lifestyles are our number one tool using a statin treating blood pressure and then identifying the silent killers like insulin resistance sleep apnea identifying your oral health status looking at genetics so you need a lot of data. I mean, unfortunately, you're gonna to go to a cardiologist, they'll so probably put you on a statin if you're not on one already, which is not the wrong thing to do because you have plaque, and it doesn't matter what your cholesterol is, because cholesterol is not a, does not identify risk. But all these other things are probably gonna get missed or overseen, overlooked. And a stress test is useless. If you're not having symptoms, you don't need to get a stress test. What you really need is a CIMT carotid intima-media thickness test, which identifies the layer of the artery wall where inflammation occurs, and that's a data yeah. point that you can follow. And if you follow your CIMT and it's going down, you know you're going the right direction. We have thanks for calling. We have to we've go. We got to move
0: on. We got so yeah, many yeah. We've calls. got a bunch
2: of calls coming in. Can I? I'm going to move on. Uh, up next, we have Melissa and Troy. Melissa, what's your question?
3: Hi, Doc. How you doing today? Great. We're thank great. you.
0: Thanks for calling.
2: So my husband, he's got sleep apnea, he's got
3: high cholesterol. There's a number of comorbidities going on there, but he had a chemically induced stress test done the other day, and they're saying that he has an extremely enlarged left ventricle. He has an ejection fraction rate of 56%, and um, his blood pressure actually went down, like at the peak of the performance of the stress test. Because normally he has, like, high blood pressure, like 190 over 90. So I was He's got a lot like, of
1: work to do. Um, sorry, what's your question?
3: I was just wondering what you think is, uh, is follow-on care for him.
1: Well, he technically has heart failure. And, you know, he's going to need some treatments to figure out, um, you know, just to optimize his care. Uh, he'll end up probably getting a heart catheterization just to make sure he doesn't have a blockage. And I don't, you know, that's the right thing to do in this instance, but otherwise it it wouldn't be in an asymptomatic person. And then it's a matter of optimizing his care, but he's got to treat all of his drivers of disease. um, And he just, he needs a really extensive workup. Um, But there's a a lot going on.
0: Let's hope that he's got the right doctors handling his face.
1: There's, there's, I mean, there's, a lot to do, and, and I would like to think he can expect um, a really long, healthy life, but he does have a lot to do and things to uncover.
0: How old is he? He is 53.
1: Oh, young. Oh, my Jeez. gosh, he's young. He's got to get to work Yeah, right he's got to get to
0: work and make sure that he's in the right hands, absolutely, 100%. Good luck to you, Melissa. Thanks for talking, and uh, good luck with your husband's uh, medical journey. Siobhan, you have another caller?
2: Yeah, if we have time, let's go to Craig in Danville, Pennsylvania. Craig, what's your question?
4: Yeah, hey, um, I just had a kind of a general question. Um, as far as relating COVID there, um, could you guys explain a little more like what is actually happening with some of these um, more political treatments that, that you're talking about, like ivermectin and um, zinc and stuff like that? It, what's happening in the body for, for people to better understand how, how it's effective and, and also its effectiveness?
1: Well, that might be a question, you know, that most listeners don't want to hear. Um, you know, my, I can only talk about my experience, which has been, you know, I, my process has led to zero people ending up in the emergency room. So I'm using a lot of these drugs off label um, and I'm just finding them effective. So um, that's, you know, just how I improved choosing to uh, treat, uh, to treat it. And uh, it, Generates an anti inflammatory effect.
0: Okay, unfortunately, we've got to take a quick break. Again, you are listening to a special live medical broadcast on the prevention and medical management of disease. If you have a specific question and you would like to talk to the doctor directly about what you ought to do to avoid heart attack and stroke, or if you have a question on any of the subjects we're discussing tonight, please give us a call at 800 859 0957. Again, that's 800-859-0957. You're listening to News Talk 760 WJR. Welcome back to our special live medical broadcast on News Talk 760 WJR. We are fortunate to have Dr. Brian Collender, MD, internal medicine physician and specialist in prevention, here tonight to give us some straight talk about two important topics, prevention and being proactive. Please Tune in to our weekly shows Sunday afternoon at 3 p.m. and live Thursday at 7. We're inviting you to call in with your questions and talk to the doctor directly at 800-859-0957. Again, that number is 800-859-0957. Siobhan, you have other callers waiting in line?
2: Yeah, so let's start with Greg and Shelby. Greg, what's your question?
3: Hey, good evening, you guys. Mr. Positive. Dr. Collender, did I hear you correctly, saying that you're against vaccines and that you'd rather take a natural approach with vitamins and supplements?
1: I am now. So if you're a regular listener, I've been generally pro-vaccine. And then over time, um, I've been altering my view toward just vaccinated people at the highest risk. And now with Omicron, it's pretty obvious, to me at least, treating people that no vaccine status correlates with your being um, at risk of getting Omicron or the severity of your illness. So Kudos to you.
3: I like the natural way that you're doing it, but that definitely is uh, uh, iconoclastic in the sense that it's going against tradition as to what everyone has been espousing. So kudos to you to take uh, a different approach. So keep up the good work and uh, love you.
1: Well, thank you. I appreciate it. I do want to say hydroxychloroquine is not natural and neither is ivermectin, Um, but, you know, those are drugs and drugs are, some drugs are good and we need them. I use statins and blood pressure pills and drugs that lower insulin resistance, Uh, but we need to use drugs that work. And if it's becoming obvious that a certain drug doesn't work, we need to stop using it. And it's clear to me that vaccines are no longer effective for coronavirus.
2: All right, Siobhan, you have another call? Yeah. yeah, so up next we have David in Windsor, Ontario. David, what's your question?
4: Yes. My question relates to the same thing. Many times we hear the Canadian Canadian and American news media suggest that people get vaccinated for the Omicron and all the other viru- and all the other viruses and I'll, and many of the things on top of that. And I'm from from the very beginning have been against it because of the fact that these this kind of information that comes out there, that keeps changing all the time. And I would like to know what can be suggested about taking for Omicron other than just taking a whole bunch of medication and getting, you know, what you don't really need, like your vaccines. And also, are you familiar with scarlet fever and how it can affect a person's eyesight? Are you familiar with that?
1: Well, I'm going to I'm... I'm... Not as familiar with scarlet fever and the complications because I've not seen it. Um, but let's—I'm going to answer your Omicron uh, question because we did address that last segment. And I think using a saline spray or a nasal spray with um, diluted hydro, um, hydrogen peroxide or diluted povidone iodine can help knock the virus out of your sinus passages, which is mainly where Omicron is sitting. Um, and I still think all of the supplements that we're using have been effective. And again, I still think we're getting good benefit out of ivermectin. So I'm, I've am i kind of switched my workhorse from hydrostichloroquine to ivermectin because Omicron is not as serious of an illness and doesn't warrant the risk of using hydrostichloroquine. Thanks for your call, and I and appreciate your insight. You
2: know, okay, we that, had another call that, come that, in, that, but... it. Um, yeah, okay. so let, let's jump. Uh, we have now Pam in Northville. Pam, what's your question?
0: Yes. Hi, doctor. Thank you for taking my call. I recently had COVID um, pretty pretty
4: bad, and I have had two of the vaccines, not the booster. And I said, oh, geez, I don't need the booster now because now I am, I'm good to go. I have the immunity
3: going forward. And a friend of mine who's a nurse said, oh, no, you only have immunity
4: against Omicron but not beyond that. So any mutations beyond that, you will not be covered unless you get the booster.
2: Is that true?
1: Well, it's partially true and partially wrong. So um, what is true is that there may be future uh, variants that come across that will not, you know, that natural immunity from Omicron will not uh, support. And that has, I'm sure that'll come down the road. Um, but Omicron does give you immunity to Delta, even if you've never had Delta. So, and that doesn't matter anymore either because Delta's just gone. Omicron came in and just overwhelmed Delta. It's out of the environment. All we're dealing with is Omicron and the boosters have no impact on Omicron. So why get a booster for a vaccine, for a virus that does that? Why get a booster for Omicron when it doesn't help? And why get the booster for a vaccine that, for a variant that hasn't developed yet? So we're far away from the version of coronavirus of COVID that this vaccine was made for. So there's no reason to think that this vaccine is going to be good for anything ever again. They need new vaccines, and they certainly don't need a vaccine against Omicron. But I'm sure some version of of. Uh, SARS is going to come by um, that we need a new vaccine for. They just haven't invented it yet because they're at that, that version hasn't developed.
0: I think the most important issue here is that whether you've had the vaccine, whether you've had the booster, regardless of what your itinerary of vaccines is, I think that people need to know if they get sick, what do they do? Because obviously nobody ought to be going to the hospital And they need to have someone that's going to shepherd them through their symptoms and shepherd them through their, whether it's the Omicron variant or whatever, whether it's the next variant or the last variant, doesn't matter. They get sick. They need to be treated. They need to be healed. They need to be recovered. And what what do these patients do?
1: Well, first they have to have a doctor who's willing to treat them. And then that doctor needs to have a pharmacy that's willing to fill the prescription. So here's our next lesson. We've had a few lessons today. Number one, boosters and vaccines don't work. Number two, rapid testing doesn't work. And number three, it's time to boycott pharmacies. That's my call to action because I've been trying to write prescriptions for hydroxychloroquine and random pharmacists, from CVS Rite Aid and Walgreens refused to fill these scripts so here I am one of the few doctors in the city willing to treat COVID keep people out of the hospital and keep them out of the ER helping you know keep the healthcare system quiet around here and I've got random pharmacists refusing to fill scripts I'm writing because they've been empowered to do so by the parent company who's been empowered by the FDA. So I think it's time to leave the pharmacies that are not going to help you in your time of need time to find your local mom and pop pharmacy. That's going to take care of you when you need it and let them take care of all your needs moving forward. It's time to leave these pharmacies that are randomly picking when and when, where and when to fill your scripts. So that's what I've done. I'm encouraging my practice to leave these pharmacies. I found private um, pharmacies to to take care of everything. I found compounding pharmacies that will take care of, you know, my other needs. I'm not saying exactly what it is because I want to protect everything. But I'm encouraging my practice to leave all those CVSs, Rite-Aids, Walgreens because they're in the way.
0: So it's safe to say that any listener <laughs> that's listening to you talking right now, uh, can they call your office and call your practice and find out what pharmacies they can get their prescriptions filled?
1: They can call my practice and see if they, you know, to join it.
0: Yeah, but well, obviously. But we're not,
1: you know, I don't, want to, I don't want to burden. We have to take care of patients, and so that's a random question. Right. If you want to call and be a patient, please do, um, and then you're in the fold and we'll take care of you.
0: All right. Well, unfortunately, we're going to, have to take a quick break. You are listening to a special live broadcast tonight where the topic is your health and how to prevent disease. When we come back, if you have a specific question, the subject we're discussing, and you'd like to talk to the doctor directly, please call us at 800-859-0957. Again, that number is 800-859-0957. You're listening to News Talk 760. WJR. Welcome back to the final segment of our special weekly live broadcast here on News Talk 760 WJR on the importance of being proactive and informed of the resources available to prevent and treat the chronic and debilitating diseases. You're listening to the expert advice of Dr. Brian Colander, MD, internal medicine physician, and one of the very few specialists in prevention in this country. If you have a question for the doctor, now is your chance to call us at 800-859-0957. Again, that number is 800-859-0957. Siobhan, you have callers.
2: Yeah, so up first we have Joe in St. Clair Shores. Joe, what's your question?
0: Hey doc, thank you very much. Great show
4: tonight, really impressed. So I tested positive for antibodies back in early April. And the reason I tested was I was thinking of getting the vaccine. I had been exposed to many, many people over many, many weeks and kept thinking, wow, how am I avoiding the bullet? Turns out I ended up having antibodies. So then I thought back to myself, well, you know what? I was sick the first week of November, 2020. I had a fever and a congestion for three, four days, and that was it. And that's really the only time I was sick. And maybe that's when I got it. So my question is, again, early November, 2020, I think I got sick. Come January, February, I, I've developed some neurological issues. My right arm seems to slowly be losing function, and, and other aspects of just how I function in general and sleep have really been diminished. And I, I've read some articles talking about kind of long-term COVID effects and how possibly it can trigger these sorts of things. And I wondered if you had any insights or suggestions. I've gone to neurologists, neurologist, and, and really a year later I, I have no concrete answer. Thank you for your time.
1: Well, um, thanks for your call. It's interesting. So, you know, even though there's a length of time between your possible exposure, your positive antibodies, and these possible post-COVID symptoms, it's really hard to tie it together. But I think after you've done your due diligence to make sure that you don't have another medical condition, then it's time to try some experimental therapies that may help with um, post-COVID syndrome. So, again, a very experimental things that um, I try some things in my office. I'm not going to go into what they are because then I get tagged and God knows what. Mm-hmm. But so I just got to not talk about anything like that. Um, but I think there's, there's remedies to try. Can't promise you they're going to help, but uh, that, that are worth trying. Um, so if you want to give our office a call, please do. Um, I'd be interested in experimenting on you. All and right, that number
2: so- 866-COLANDER, K-O-L-E-N-D-E-R. In case you're interested, call the number 866-COLANDER. Um, but we can jump to the next call. Thank you for your call. Um, we have now Lee and Westland. Lee, what's your question?
3: Okay, thank you. Um, a point that I'm uh, confused about you hear other medical professionals on the radio say that 70 to 80 percent, at least uh, people hospitalized now with COVID, are non-vaccinated, um, and yet you're not a, a real strong proponent of getting the COVID vaccination. So if we have the such a high majority of people hospitalized that are not vaccinated, isn't that somewhat saying that the vaccine is working when most of the people hospitalized are not vaccinated?
1: Well, Lee, I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say this and, and so, try to sound as sane as I can and say that I don't trust anything I hear on mainstream media or anything I hear from the government or a government body anymore. It's sad. So if you're watching the news and you're hearing these numbers and percentages, and when I mean the news, I mean anything, anything, that's on television, I don't believe it. Like, I I don't believe those numbers. All I can go by is my experience, which is if you treat people early, regardless of their vaccine status, you can keep them out of the hospital. And I've been doing this now for a year and a half or more. And I feel that now, you know, Anne-Marie's mentioned this all the time that I've treated None all these of your people. patients
0: have gone into the hospital. None of them have died.
1: Yeah. And now I, I word it differently. Like, like, I have a solid amount of experience now treating COVID where I feel confident that we can get anybody who has COVID from being in the hospital. You just have to get them early. And so as long as we get somebody early, I have no doubt in my mind they're not going to leave their, you know, they're going to stay home and recover healthy. And so um, I hear all this stuff about what's going on in the hospital, and you hear the news, and you hear the threats to get vaccinated. And I, I, I'm very skeptical about what I'm hearing now. And I'm not saying anybody's lying. I'm not saying anything about it. I just go, that's not my experience. My experience is totally different. That if I treat people early, they don 't go to the emergency room, and that 's a hundred mm-hmm. percent
3: okay, well, thank you very much. I appreciate your perspective
1: thanks
0: yeah I mean the whole the whole issue comes down to the fact that everybody needs a doctor that should they get sick, will a see them and b shepherd them through the process and c unfortunately it 's incumbent upon the listener. To find a pharmacy that's going to accept and fill your prescription when you right. write it for them.
1: Right, and believe me, I didn't come on and do all this without having backup already in place. Right, so, exactly. Because I'm, you know, I'm saying boycott. I'm expecting. I don't, I don't know if we use any words to put any ideas in anyone's head, but I'm prepared. So, um,
0: no, but imagine the shock. You of the need to prepare. Sick.
1: Well, but you need. We've said this all along. Listeners need to prepare. Whatever choices you make about your health. You need to be prepared for an outcome. And that means finding someone to shepherd you through your health, having a plan, where are you going to get your drugs, who are you going to call, all that. You need to be prepared because random variants are coming through and we don't know what the next one's going to be. Thankfully, this one's mild and it gives us the, you know, the right, or I want to just say the leisure to say, don't get vaccinated. But the next one may be different. We don't know
0: it's incumbent upon every listener to make sure they've got a doctor who's going to a see them and B treat them and C find a pharmacy that's going to fill the prescription that you're going to give them in order to treat them so they can stay out of the hospital. Right. And that, that's a challenge, but people now have to be proactive.
1: It's sad. It's, it's just shocking that well, we live in this country and this is what's happening.
0: It, and it's unfortunate that we've all, we've rested everything in the, you know hoping that your doctor is going to take care of you but you need to ask your doctor are you going to take care of me
1: well 95% of
0: them probably won't yeah well then you need to find another doctor yeah. well unfortunately we are out of time or do we have any more we time for oh, we've got one more minute right. sorry we're not done we've got we're not done yet we're i thought the bell done. went up but anyway dr <laughs> Collender, i'll let you wrap it up
1: all right well thanks so our you know our Omicron has changed everything, just to summarize the show. There's been a complete change. Now I'm treating based on symptoms and possible exposures. I'm not requiring testing. We're using the same supplements we've always used, except now we're also heavily weighting sinus irrigation with either other uh, diluted hydrogen peroxide, diluted iodine, um, concentrated saline. That'll help defeat the virus of Omicron. Um, We're using ivermectin earlier instead of hydroxychloroquine. But some people, I'm I'm doubling up. I'm giving them everything.
0: And they're needing it. So it's a case-by-case basis. Most important thing is finding the right doctor and getting the right care. Unfortunately, we're out of time, so I'd quickly like to thank Dr. Brian Collender, MD, specialist in prevention, for being here tonight and for being willing to share his expertise and knowledge with regards to not only the prevention of disease, but also on the importance of being proactive and engaging with a practice that provides access to the necessary testing. This show is brought to you by Colander Medical. I'm your host, Anne-Marie Cronin, and we hope you got some useful information tonight on how to be your own advocate and take charge of your health, whatever your medical journey. Please continue to tune into our shows Sunday at 3 o'clock and Thursday at 7 p.m. And thank you for listening.